Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Um, and somehow it's uh, time to record again. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the normal amount of days, but it seems like it's been like two days, honestly, for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I d- time just passes differently now. Well, there is no sense of time. There's no, I think, all those memes out there. <laughs> it's just day now instead of a day of the week. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and I definitely think that um, they just extended, at least here, uh, what, I don't think we said this last week, right? May 4th now? Yep. So, May 4th, we're supposed to go back to school. Um, I, I beat as you can hear i just think that um this is a lot i mean i'm not complaining about what's going on i just think that uh uh it is definitely a it, it, i don't think it's i don't know maybe it's that stress i don't know what it is i think it's it's just like it's not that boredom or whatever mm-hmm. it's just um it it's just a lot and i think mostly because i, I when you see the incompetence around us watching just still idiots doing what they shouldn't be. Yeah. I think it's just, I think all of that just weighs on everyone. But, um, but yeah, but I think this is, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting week by week recording because yeah. um, we're going to like delve to into just complete chaos. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, but um, it is, it's, uh, it's different times. That's all I can say. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In terms of news, uh, I recently put together a, like, I assembled a fountain thingy that I got for my birthday, like, last year that I never assembled. So it's, like, one of those, like, water fountain, like, pump things. So it, like, goes around and around. It's, like, a tranquil thing, which is definitely what I need right now. Um, So I put that together, which is nice. Um, I had a little like trivia night with my friends on Kahoot and I won. Uh, so just, just saying, um, it was, I was very surprised. Um, but I won like by a lot. Yeah. I think that, that, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's cool. It was fun. I learned a new friendship bracelet pattern. So like, you know, I'm really, <laughs> I'm using my time to do not academic things, but I am still learning. Right, Dad. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, don't, I think as long as you're using some part of the brain, that's yeah. beneficial. Yeah, I think um, I have learned that I probably now don't have to leave the house because I can get everything delivered to me. So, um, yep. I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, yeah, because before, I, if I had to go shopping, but now even our local grocer will deliver, which is awesome. At least we're we're trying to go at least once or twice a week to local businesses by ordering mm-hmm. some type of food. Um, we found that we can get bread delivered by Iggy. So thank you very much, Iggy's. This is <laughs> phenomenal. Um, I haven't tasted a better bagel in I don't know how long. Um, Pemberton is our local grocer. So, uh, you know, they're just, they've just been phenomenal. Um, and then, uh, even CVS will deliver, deliver our, uh, our prescriptions, which is, because I was kind of more worried about going into CVS, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that I don't have to do that. But yeah, now I don't have to leave the house. So um, besides walking in Willow, which is nice because at least I get to get outside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that part. But I've, let's see, I've learned to, I've cooked a bunch of different things. <laughs> and I've tried samosas using pizza dough, which was not bad. I just think that the dough is too, it, it's too thick. So I'm going to try something else. But all air frying. So that's the other thing. We get to use the air fryer. And um, so... In that case, I'm enjoying because I get to try to cook other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just odd. It's an odd thing to fill your time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have started like picking little spots in my room and cleaning them off because I have nothing else to do. So like I cleaned my desk the other day. I found my school notebook from fourth grade 
which was a treat to look at. Um, and wow, I just could not spell. I I couldn't do much. <laughs> it was very creative. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, it's quite. I might have to show it to you because it's just really something. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, it's been pretty, pretty quiet here. Yeah. I think the only thing I started watching this new series, Future Man, which I didn't even know existed. It's probably for others. They've known it for a while. I'm hmm. peeling in a, a mandarin orange here and getting stuff everywhere. <laughs> but um, it's great. It's hysterical. Where and is it available on? That was Hulu. I think it's a Hulu original. And the only reason I found it was because I just saw the trailer for the third season. I was like, there's a third? <laughs> um, so... I started watching I, and you know, I'm watching it with your mom, which she even enjoys it, which is kind of shocking because it's all about video gaming, sci-fi, time travel, um, and it's in the vein of humor of Rick and Morty, kind of. <laughs> um, so it's great. So for me, I'm happy. So I'm only in the first season trying yeah. to pace myself so I don't like you know become Jack Torrance before, <laughs> before you know it. But yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, movie-wise, we are, I'm just waiting for movies to come out to rent. Yeah, we're so. waiting for Birds of Prey, right? Yeah, that's the 7th. I think Onward will be, I think it's supposed to stream maybe April 1st. Mm. So when this comes out. <laughs> or maybe, actually, maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's supposed to be soon. Still and trying to convince you to watch Frozen 2 with me, which is on Disney Plus now. Yeah, no. Um, okay. I'll watch it alone. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. I rented the the other Jumanji, so I'm waiting to watch that. So we'll see. I have actually... I have... Um, well, now that there's no games that I think we're officially... They're saying that even if they do re- redo games for the Premier League, they're going to be closed door. So there's no, there's no chance of going over to Anfield. So your mom said I could actually get a different birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to invest in some... Uh, Dolby Atmos speakers that are coming soon. Yay. And once that happens, I can't wait to set that up. So I was where, I was with your brother this morning trying to figure out how to rearrange the room to kind of figure out how to do it. I'm not sure if we actually can change things, but we'll experiment with that. So that will kill some time. But yeah. uh, when that happens, then there's a bunch of movies I will rewatch. Um, I think, I'd, I don't know, maybe Kong would be Ooh. one, but we'll see. But yeah, but other than that, you know. I love that movie. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we've got. So I guess we can just jump into the stories. Yeah, right? my story is short this week. I apologize. I just, I have to do Urban Legend or something. And like, it gets to a point where I was like, it's right. hard to top my Goblin Hill story from last uh, week. There's no way. That, that, <laughs> that's definitely the top. I can't do that. I wasn't making anything up. I didn't feel like it. So, uh, so yeah. So I know yours is long. So basically, you get to listen to Emma and we'll go from there. Isn't that your favorite activity anyway? No. No, I don't okay. think. No, right. not at all. Well, too bad. Let's all go right, on to my okay. story. Cool. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, so I'm doing a true crime story this week. Um, and my sources are uh, this blog called The Night Shift, but it's like night with a K. Um, and it was pretty like the most useful thing I, I used. So shout out to them. Um, and a clever name too. <laughs> I'm hoping you can't uh, hear me eat my oranges. It's fine. We can just can't. edit you out. Worst I can't case. tell. I can't tell. I can kind of hear it when I'm in my headphones, but I can't tell if that's through the mic. It's, it's, it's fine. Uh, I also used greensboro.com. Uh, the North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources. Had this an... take place in Florida? <laughs> yes. Okay, Actually, this is part Florida, part Australia. So, you know, I thought I would, yeah. Uh, and of course the lineup I also used. Um, so, on June 3rd, 1985, uh, police were embarking on a car chase through Summerfield, North Carolina. When you the- meant Florida. <laughs> Sorry, okay. North Carolina. Uh, when the car they were after exploded, killing the multiple occupants inside. Uh, the event was the climax of a murder spree involving three prominent families who were all connected to each other via marriage. Uh, so this is the story of the Bitter Blood Murders. Nah. All right. Um, I basically found this through, like, just clicking on article after article on Wikipedia and, like, just searching up different things. Yeah, uh, I've been there. I started off, I was going to do, like, like a you know, disappearance. We, and then <laughs> I think what we should do for the next week is see if we can find somebody 
we'll just um, a couple of I know a couple of listeners. We should just call them in. Call them in. Yeah. Sure. I for some. Just let us it. know, guys. Yeah. DM us to be featured on our podcast. Next just like week. we should just do that. We should just put them in and just say, hey, we're gonna do it and just talk about how they're dealing with this quarantine and self-isolation there could be a horror movie right there but anyway right but go ahead so So the bitter blood murders yeah bitter you found it by searching the interwebs um going through into the dark recesses yes like the second page of google but yes oh my god (laughs) anyway uh so so this is completely true yes gosh i figure once you get the second page then you know it's conspiracy theories (laughs) left and right very true very true so this one is true though. It was on the like the national freaking South Carolina or North Carolina. I forgot where this took place. North Carolina <laughs> website. All right. So anyway, uh, Susie Sharp Newsom uh, was the daughter of tobacco executive Robert Newsom and his wife Florence. Okay. Uh, I have no idea when what year she was born. So, but whatever we're we're gonna get to 1985 eventually so that's where you can be thinking um so the family was pretty wealthy uh and susan enjoyed a somewhat luxurious upbringing uh she was also related to the prestigious uh judge susan m sharp who was the first woman in america to be elected the head of a state supreme court oh wow fun fact Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's on her mother's side. Then her father's like this tobacco family. So that's the first family interconnectedness right there. Okay. Um, so Susie was... So the judge's family's involved? Um, mostly Florence, like her mom. Um, the judge is Florence's sister. But she's is she involved in this only? Minorly. Okay. Not so really. It's, so it's the mom. And, Florence the mom. And Robert her. the dad. Susie the kid. Okay. Well, you said there was three families, so I didn't... Yeah, I'm not at the third one yet. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, uh, so the first family is the the Sharps, which is like the Judge family, and then the Newsoms, which is the Tobacco. So family. the mother is Sharp, and then Newsom is okay. Yeah. Okay. So those so are Newsom and Sharp so far. Yes. Uh, so Susie was known to be very fierce and demanding. Uh, often during her childhood, she'd throw tantrums uh, that were so like chaotic that her mother would splash her with a bucket of cold water to calm her down. She just kept buckets of water around the house. I mean, eventually, I guess that's probably what she did. I think a water gun would be better, but... That's true. Maybe she should have invested in that. Uh, So, Susie attended Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, and there she met Tom Lynch, uh, who was an heir to a prosperous Kentucky family. So, this is now the third family, the Lynches. Got it. Uh, so Susie and Tom quickly started dating, um, though it was kind of clear that all was not really well within their relationship. Okay. Um, for starters, Susie was unable to get along with Tom's mother, Dolores. Okay. Uh, the two, like, despised each other. Um, it's thought that, like, Dolores didn't want Susie in the family, and Susie thought that she was being, like, disregarded and disrespected, so the two just did not like each other. Okay. Um, so eventually though, Tom and Susie did get married, um, much to Dolores' dismay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this the wedding. This happens more often than you know, than not, so. Yeah, that's very true. Although I don't know how often it devolves into the craziness that we're going to get into. Fair. Um, so eventually Tom and Susie got married. I just said, uh, so at the wedding, Susie and Dolores got into a heated argument. At the wedding. At the wedding. Okay. So... Uh, Susie was also angry at Tom's sister, Janie Lynch, uh, whose bridesmaid dress was just, like, not to the bride's liking. Maybe she wore white or something, but, like, Susie was pissed off. Okay. Um, so it was a pretty stressful and tense event, uh, though it must have been entertaining to the other guests. Um, so that was a pretty rocky start to their marriage. Uh, Susie moved to Kentucky with her new husband, uh, and he was at this point enrolled in dental school. Um, so the two barely saw each other. He was busy learning to be a dentist. Okay. Uh, and she was starting to like have a career. Um, and I think she had some kind of like teaching type career. I don't know exactly. All right. Um, but they basically didn't see each other too often. All right. Um, so this is the first date I have in 1974. Okay. 
uh, Susie gave birth to a son, John, uh, and Dolores traveled from South Carolina to meet her first grandchild. Understood. Uh, However, Susie made her wait to see the baby, uh, (laughs) telling her that she had to make an appointment. (laughs) Well. So she travels from South Carolina to Kentucky and then is told to wait. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the same thing happened in 1975 when Susie had her second child, James. Okay, uh, that was pretty quick. <laughs> yes, yeah. So uh, soon after the birth of their second child, uh, Tom decided that the family should move to New Mexico. Okay. Um, probably because I don't know. He probably had graduated. Get, is that where his dentistry was going to open? Yeah, I think he was okay. gonna he was gonna work there. All right. Um, so he was like, "Let's go to New Mexico." Uh, Susie hated this idea. All right. Uh, she thought that New Mexico was below her, um, and she deserved to be treated like royalty, and like she wasn't going to get that treatment in New Mexico. Okay. So that was like her thinking, um, but they did move there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Susie and Tom began to argue often, um, and the animosity between them just started growing. All right. And, um, they only have had the, and they only have two kids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so soon it had affected John and James, their children, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one occasion, Susie actually lashed, lashed out at James, uh, the younger son, who needed to be hospitalized for two days. Um, lashed out in what way? Like violently? or Yeah. Abuse, like like I, hit him? I think she hit him oh. or something. Uh, it didn't go into detail, but uh, no charges were filed. So okay. That, that just sort of happened. So, uh, 70s, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, in the summer of 1979, uh, Susie flew to her home in North Carolina with her children, telling Tom that she was visiting her sick grandfather, who was basically, like, on his deathbed. Okay. Uh, And then when she was there, she told him that she wasn't coming back, and she was keeping the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Seems predictable. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, So, back in New Mexico, Tom had very little power compared to Susie's very well-respected family. Um, so they're wealthy, they're like got this reputation. He's like from this Kentucky family, but they're not as, as great sort of as the North Carolina one. And also he's kind of alone in New Mexico. Gotcha. Um, so he signed an agreement to give, uh, Susie custody of his kids. Okay. Cause I mean, there wasn't really anything else he could do. Uh, and also, this is kind of where that judge comes in, um, since she was kind of part of the family, and she's well, a she judge. She's part of the family. I mean, she's yes, that's her Susie's. aunt, right? <laughs> yeah, Susie's aunt. Um, it's thought that she probably had a little bit of like leeway, kind gotcha. of with getting that done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but we don't know for sure. She could have been a wonderful woman. We don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so for some reason, Susie decided that she wanted to go to China. Um, okay just she just decided this all right so she took her sons with her they packed pretty lightly um in the article it said like they didn't take much more than the shirts on their backs and some star wars toys okay sounds really weird yeah so she just goes to china and she said that she wanted to go there because she wanted to be an english teacher oh yeah okay yes yeah which i guess makes sense but like it was kind of abrupt yeah well um definitely that was that's still a thing where yeah they they will pay for room and board and everything. I mean, not that she needed the money since she's all well off. Yeah. Well, so she lived in, in China for six months okay. before returning home. Yep. Um, when she did get home, she was, quote, dirty and malnourished and disillusioned with living in what she had come to believe was a filthy and unhealthy environment. Okay. So it doesn't look like she had a great time in China. No. Um, yeah. All right. I, whatever. It is really weird. Um uh, so Florence, who's Susie's mother, she was appalled by her daughter's condition. Uh, so she was like... I, and the kids are, they're not malnourished or they are? I think they're in the, probably the same condition she was in. All right. So I don't, I don't know. I think she, I don't think she was like asked to go there. I think she just went to China and was just like trying to figure it out. Okay. I, I really don't. Whatever. Just, All right. Um, so luckily, uh, there was a doctor in the family. Uh, Susie's uncle, Dr. Fred Klenner. All right. Uh, so Klenner was a very controversial character. Okay. <laughs> uh, so some saw him as, quote, one of the most cutting edge physicians in the field, uh, while others called him, quote, a quack of enormous proportions. Okay. <laughs> so, um, 
I think you'll see exactly which one I agree with in a couple minutes. So Klenner had started experimenting with vitamin C in the 1940s, uh, trying to use it as a cure to illnesses from like polio to MS to toothaches. Okay, well, I think it took less than two minutes. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Um, But don't worry, it gets worse. So this work brought him international renown. What? But also criticism. But I I don't know. He was actually like uh, complimented by like some Nobel Prize winning. Okay, all right. Yeah. So Klenner's experiments were viewed by some to be reckless and irresponsible. Um, Pretty much any patient that came to see him, he would just give a shot of vitamin C to them. Um, Just because. Also, he was racist. Uh, He kept segregated waiting rooms uh, at his office until his death in 1984. All right. There's nothing good about this whole family so far. Yeah. Uh, He also used a needle sterilizer throughout his career, which meant that um, one needle would be used about like 12 times before it was actually discarded. Okay. And uh, at this time, you know, the AIDS epidemic was becoming pretty big and all that. So he was not doing great things. On top of all of that, uh, Klenner believed that the apocalypse was near. Uh, He thought that communism would, quote, swallow the earth whole uh, and claimed once to know the exact date that the world would end. Of course. Uh, So anyway, Florence sends Susie to him. (laughs) This is a wonderful mother as well. Yeah. Uh, While she's there, she becomes reacquainted with her cousin, Fritz Klenner. Uh, Fritz followed his father's footsteps uh, in studying medicine. Uh, According to some of his past classmates, Fritz was fixated on Hitler. Oh, this is great. (laughs) Pretty much every character I'm introducing here, not a great person. Uh, So he also hated communism, uh, believing that the apocalypse was coming. Uh, Fritz was pro-fascism, I assume. I'm I'm certain. Okay, well, you know. Uh, So Fritz graduated from a private high school, um, and he had been moved there by his father. They all live in North Carolina? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So he, private high school, he was moved there from a public one by his father um, because he was enraged that the public high school was desegregating. Okay. Um, So he enrolled at the University of Mississippi, but never graduated, claiming to his father that, quote, enemies in the school's German department uh, conspired to keep him from finishing his degree. Okay. (laughs) His father bought it, (laughs) of course. Uh, So then, later, uh, Fritz enrolled at Duke University, where, what? Where his father Wait, had well, gone. Hold on. He went from University of Mississippi to Duke. Later, it came out that Fritz never actually enrolled at Duke. Uh, he just was lying the whole time to avoid being rejected and or abandoned by his father. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, some other lies that Fritz told uh, include he was a Green Beret in Vietnam. Okay. He had fought against the communists. He had, quote, performed extraordinary measures to save the lives of his father and others. Uh, he had connections. Uh, he'd done undercover work. And he was an asset of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, to prepare for the apocalypse, Fritz had stocked up on an arsenal of weapons. He had guns, ammo, vitamins, stimulants, combat knives, camo clothing, explosives, everything. Okay. That he I'm, was just... Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so Susie's being treated by her uncle and is becoming closer to her cousin. Okay. (laughs) Eventually, she and Fritz begin to have a romantic relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really going downhill, I know. Uh, so in Susie's mind, Fritz was the, quote, prince to her princess. She finally would be treated like royalty. So the, you're still, all right, I'm just trying to understand when the inbreeding started beforehand. Like, did they all have this problem? Okay, whatever. I, I do not know. I couldn't find anything about her other family members doing any of this. So, okay. Um, 
So Susie soon became convinced that Tom, who I don't know if he was still her husband at this point, eventually they did get divorced, um, but she was convinced that he was conspiring to take her sons away from her. Okay. So she started limiting phone calls between him and her, their sons, uh, as well as throwing away letters and packages that were sent by Tom and Dolores. Okay. Uh, so Susie had arranged it so that Tom could only see his children on holidays and several weeks in the summer. Um, but he also had to pay for their flights, which included like Susie. He had to fly Susie and the sons there, and I'm assuming fly Susie back and then like all of that. Okay. So, um, so like I was saying, at some point they did actually divorce. Yeah. Uh, and Tom did remarry. Okay. Um, so Tom and his new wife, Kathy, were astounded at the state of the boys whenever they saw them. Uh, they were underweight. Their hair was dirty. Their nails were unkempt. They clearly just were not being taken care of. Oh, Fritz would also send the boys away with plastic bags full of, quote, vitamins for them to take. Um, but Tom and Kathy would just, like, throw them away. Oh, my God. So at no point they're calling social services. Nope. Okay. I think they're still, like, this is a really powerful family and there's nothing we can do. All right. Um, so Tom decided at this point that he was going to fight for more accessibility to his children. Mm-hmm. On June 24th, 1984... Um, so by this point, the uh, Fritz's father has died. Um, he's not really important anymore. Mm. But um, June 24th... He really never was. No, he okay, wasn't. Just I, make sure. I just... Yeah. Okay. Um, police were called to the house of Dolores Lynch. Uh, they discovered Dolores dead in the driveway, having been shot in the back and then in the head at close range. Oh, man. Uh, she'd been there for at least a day. Uh, nearby, there was a trail of blood leading into the house, um, and inside lay 39-year-old Janie Lynch, um, who was Dolores' daughter. Oh, my God. Uh, she was also shot in the head and back at close range. Uh, Janie was about to graduate dental school when she was killed as well. Oh, my. So, detectives theorized that the murders had been the work of a hitman, um, and were just sort of, like, trying to find any leads that they could. Yeah. Um, and the killings shocked the community. Um, and as days stretched to weeks and then into months, no leads seemed to come up in the investigation. Okay. Uh, when Tom found out, he had John and James with him. Uh, so he asked Susie for more time with them so that they could all grieve together. Um, but instead, she just took them back immediately. Uh-huh. Um, Florence, Susie's mom, actually reached out to Tom to send her condolences um, which was kind of odd. I think she was like the only member of the family to do that. All right. Um, the two began corresponding back and forth. Um, and in the months to come, Florence agreed that she and her husband would testify on Tom's behalf that he should have more access to his children. Okay. Um, so Susie was pissed at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, John and Jim had to stay with her, she claimed, because Tom was involved with the mob. And that's why his mother and sister had been taken out in a gangland hit. Gotcha. She knew that was because... Oh, sorry. She knew so because Fritz told her, and Fritz was CIA. Mm, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Uh, so the hearing was scheduled for May 26th, 1985. Oh, my. On May 19th, 1985, police found the bodies of Florence, her husband Bob, and Bob's 84-year-old mother, Hattie, in Hattie's North Carolina house. Um, all three had been shot, but Florence was also stabbed and her throat was slit. Oh, my. Uh, also, Florence was found posed in like a praying position, which is just... Uh-huh. Fun fact, though, their next-door neighbor was Maya Angelou at the time. So, kind of like trying to lighten that up a little bit. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, suddenly, investigators became very invested in the life of Susie Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, during their investigation, uh, police interviewed 21-year-old Ian Perkins, who was a friend of Fritz's. Um, and so the two shared a love of anti-communism and firearms, um, which really just brought them together. <laughs> and Fritz had told Perkins that he was with the CIA. Mm-hmm. So, like, a week or so before the murder, uh, Fritz told Perkins that he needed him for CIA business. Uh, according to Fritz, he had been given an assignment to, quote, 
wipe out a communist cell. Uh-huh. The communists were, quote, smuggling weapons to South America and trading them for drugs, which would then be sold to profit the communist cause. And all of this, of course, was under the control of the KGB. Hmm. So that's what he's telling Perkins. Yeah, hmm. got it. Uh, so Fritz told Perkins that if he helped plan the assassination, uh, it would look good on his record when he was inevitably recruited for the CIA. Right. So Perkins helped him plan. Uh, he dropped Fritz off at 11 p.m. on May 18th and picked him up an hour later. Um, and he dropped him off kind of like a half a mile away from the house. So mm. he didn't actually know where it was happening. Um, but he was just sort of like getaway driver kind of. Yeah. Uh, so Perkins agreed to meet with Fritz while wearing a wire. Uh, and so they did on May 31st and June 1st. Um, Perkins asked Fritz if he knew anything about the Newsom murders, saying that the police had been asking him about it. Uh, and Fritz insisted that he was working with the CIA and he gave Perkins some pills that okay. he could, that he claimed would help like calm his nerves during an interrogation. Of course. Um, then on June 3rd, Perkins met up with Fritz again. Uh, Fritz swore that he hadn't actually killed anyone, saying he'd, quote, write a statement for Perkins indicating that he was on a secret mission for the government. Okay. Then Fritz drove off. Mm-hmm. Uh, several unmarked police cars followed him. Uh, he went to Susie's apartment, which was already being staked out by detectives, uh, and the two started, like, furiously loading supplies into the car. Sure. Uh, then they brought out John and James dressed in camo um, and forced them into the car. Okay. Uh, the four took off and police pursued them. Now, uh, on, so that's no longer a... A suspect, now they... No, 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 no. They're are, pursuing with lights on, or they're... I believe it, still... it's with lights on. Okay, so... Yeah. So... All right. So, uh, he's pretty much leading them all over North Carolina, like, it, it's... They kind of, they stop at certain points. Um, the first time, uh, one of the police cars manages to swerve and crash into Fritz's car, mm -hmm. uh, into the driver's side door. Um, and so officer Tommy Dennis, he is the one I was like, I guess driving. Uh, so he looked into the car to see Fritz smiling, holding a nine millimeter Uzi submachine gun, mm. uh, pointed right at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Fritz fired and five of the bullets hit the car and two hit Dennis, but luckily he survived. Okay. Um, Fritz continued firing at the other officers. Uh, one bullet hit newly hired detective Lenny Nobles, who survived. Like, he was pretty much, like, a week or so on the job. Uh -huh. um, and glass shards hit another detective, Sherman Childers. But both of them survived with, like, minor injuries. Okay. Um, Fritz, uh, I don't know if he had gotten out of the car, but he was now definitely back in the car. Um, and he uh, kept driving. Um, police kept chasing him as he shot at them from his car. Mm -hmm. At one point, he stopped the car, got out, and started just opening fire. Um, right. And, you know, there were civilians around. No, I don't think any of them got hurt, but right. he was, like, just in a craze almost. Uh, so he got back in and continued driving as police followed. Uh, and after a short time, uh, he stopped. Like, the brake lights went on in the car. Uh some witnesses that they heard or saw people like struggling in the front. Um, and then they heard two pistol shots and a second later the car blew up. So you think he killed the kids first? You're about to find out. So Susie had been thrown from the car and was pretty much just a head and a torso. Okay. Uh, she'd been actually sitting on the bomb oh, that okay. Fritz had installed. I don't know if it was like in the car seat or something. Okay. I don't know if she knew about it. Uh, Fritz was also thrown from the vehicle, uh, and survived for maybe like a minute after the explosion before dying. Uh, detectives tried to get a deathbed confession from him, but all he could do was like gurgle in desperation sure. before dying on the road. Yeah. Uh, John and James were found in the back, each shot in the head. Uh, however, it was determined later that they actually died from cyanide. So likely they were, as soon as they got in the car, they were like given something that killed them and so they were dead before they were shot yeah huh um and it was also determined that Susie was the one who shot them okay uh so ian perkins served four months in prison for his part in the murders 
officials searched Susie's apartment and Fritz's mother's house, and they found, like, truckloads of weaponry. Oh, wonderful. uh, Yeah, everywhere. Uh, Later, evidence was found that Susie had participated in the murders of Dolores and Janie Lynch. Oh, God. Not that we doubted that. Yeah. Um, And Tom refused to let John and James be buried in North Carolina, so they were laid to rest in New Mexico. Um, So that is the story of the bitter blood murders. That's, well, I mean, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Very, very crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Every yeah. bullet I wrote, my mouth was, like, open. I was like, what in the world? That's awful. Hey, well, there we go, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm ready for your story, then. All right, well, sorry, it's going to be short. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm doing, I guess urban legend i don't it's not paranormal um i mean i guess i could have become paranormal in modern day um the sources are a couple websites one well i guess blogs mask of reason uh astonishing legends write wrote written they're both wordpress word that (laughs) mask of reason word um write wrote written are wordpress blog i assume and then wikipedia um I don't know how well this is of scandinavian nature um and i guess when you think of just legends or mythology uh a lot of it is just you know thor odin's son right. uh, loki and all that kind of stuff the norse gods um but then there's uh, there's a whole icelandic portion to this to this mythology and and a lot of that is is more of the Viking, well, kings and actually queens hmm. as well. And their tales are a little bit more of, I use the term loosely, mortal, because um, it, they're not fighting gods and it's some gods coming down and doing all this other stuff. But um, the tales are of epic battles, sweeping battles, um, conquering foreign lands, that kind of thing. But then there's this other aspect of tribe versus tribe trying to um, expand or take over their their empire. Um, And in that, in those battles, somehow they can summon demons or monsters. But Again, I, I I never felt, or at least what what I was reading had to do with we we wished or um, prayed to Odin about helping in some way. It was always more of a dark and nefarious thing, and it and they don't talk about witchcraft or sorcery or anything like that. But it just seems that they had this ability to bring on a dark force in some mm. way, and that would to help help the. Um, Again, I don't know if both sides did it. Like, it, it didn't seem like there's a good and there's a bad. <laughs> um, but regardless of all this, what was left was lots of blood, Lovely. lots of bodies. My favorite. Basically, at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's interesting is that a lot of these stories get passed on from generation to generation. So the ones I'm talking about, I believe, take place in the Middle Ages. I mean... So I don't know if it's closer to that 1200 to 1400 because, mm-hmm. um, well, okay. When, when was the plague? Uh, wasn't that like 13 something? Some, okay. So it's in that same time frame. Um, but what's, what's really interesting is that the way they told these stories and the way they were passed on, um, it, it, it evolves over time. So when we get to modern day, it's completely different. Yeah, mid thirteen hundred. Okay, didn't we? I feel like on a different episode we also had to look this up, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I, the last time I was like, "Oh, it was like fifteen something." I always <laughs> felt it was like that. I, I I keep thinking like between twelve and fourteen because then I you know I think sixteen hundred and I think okay, yeah. well now we're in the, um, you know, East India Company and yeah. all that. Like so we're in this different time, but I never can guess because then I feel like anything that's I, I never hear like anything in the seven or eight hundreds. It's always. 13th century 
yep. or something like that. Um, Maybe that'll be our challenge for the next episode. Find something in like the 800s. Yeah. Um, so the way these uh, these legends started were that there was a, this violent entity that just, it's not entity, entities um, okay. that just couldn't rest. Right. Ooh. So the story itself comes from um, or where it starts or it is the Icelandic side. And then we're going to talk about the Norse side as well. On the Icelandic side, um, and I guess this is also the Norse side at the time, but there's a whole thing about dying with honor, right? Or right. fighting with honor. There's That's like the whole Valhalla thing too, right? right? And there's some kind of rule mm-hmm. to how you um, behave and present and, I guess, kill others <laughs> on, on the battlefield. Um, so things that are considered dishonorable are... Um, in face, you, you kill face to face, right? There's, and I don't know how assassins fit in all these kinds of things, but um, maybe assassins aren't honorable, which we'll we're gonna, we'll talk about these kind of things. Um, I can see that. And then there's this aspect of killing and doing it in an honorable way, but doing it for the wrong reasons. So it's greed or whatever it may be, mm. but you may be on the battlefield and it was a i don't know like completely um spies or triple crosses or whatever you want it to be right interesting so those who fell or their deaths were caused in a dishonorable fashion were believed to be buried as restless souls okay now if you and this is what i don't understand is that some may have realized that they were restless souls so there was a way to bury them. And then others, maybe you didn't know that they were a restless soul. Okay. But there was a proper way of burial. And, and that would like stop them from coming Well, that's back? what they believe. And it's just kind of similar to your zombie thing, I think, in mm-hmm. that sense of like how, what do you do and all this other stuff kind of thing. Um, but um, what I didn't understand was if that was the case, why, wouldn't, why didn't you just bury everybody that way? Maybe right? like there was a different ritual for like someone who died honorably or like... Right, you, but you just never know. Like, but it know. was one of these things where they said, "You don't know if they believed it was honorable or not." Oh. That kind of thing, and then yeah. So why didn't they just? <laughs> well, that's why I didn't understand. And then this other part was: then did other people bury them on purpose in the wrong way? Ooh, because they to like get revenge. Exactly. Right. Ooh. So, so anyway. If they weren't buried correctly, these souls would return and wreak havoc. Lovely. And in the Icelandic mythology or legend, they the souls would return as um, they were called the Dragar. D R A U G A R. Dragar. That's plural. Then there's like Dragar, which is <laughs> the singular. There's just an R. There's no A R. Um, I think I've heard that that name before, but I don't know like the story or anything. So they, when they returned, they would have superhuman strength, um, increased size, and mostly like forearms and you know shoulder kind of thing, but have the stench of decay. So, so, and their bodies would be you know almost blackened in death, that kind of thing, Um, and were like dead. Considered dead bodies. Now, I don't know. What, what, they were what, like physical forms. Well, they were. Yeah, they weren't spectral. They were. So, like, like the zombie, like the modern. Zombie exactly. Almost. However, they had retained all their intelligence, so Whoa. they could still talk, speak, and okay, just carry cool. on. Except that they, you know, smelled of death. Right. So everything is normal except for their look and their smell. Yeah, I, I keep. I'm trying to think. I think of like Bizarro in the Superman mm. world or something like that. Um, but. Uh, what they then would do would wreak that havoc and vengeance upon those that either wronged them. Okay. So not even if you killed them, like if you like say you were chilling one day in the castle and you made yourself a peanut butter sandwich and then someone stole it. And then if you died, you could just, well, there was that. And then there was, if you were a murderer by trait, you just continued to do that. So 
you were violent, you had these tendencies, and you still would do those tendencies. So to your point, if somebody stole your sandwich, then somehow you flipped and hit your head and died, you'd be like, it's your fault. You took my sandwich. If I had I caused me my... great distress. Exactly. Um, so there, there is definitely a revenge aspect to this, but then there's just this, I'm an evil thing, but I was evil in life. You know, I'm going to be evil in death. All right. Okay? Interesting. Now, they were... And this is this is again very specific to Iceland. Iceland was that people's livestock, their oxen, whatever, would would be found completely devoured. So they, when that happened, they believed it was a dragger that um, committed this or did this, that kind of thing, right? So what would end up happening is. It would be, I don't know if it was farmers fighting each other, or again, I don't know if you have oxen, do they do that for the land or do you like, is it like cattle or whatever it is, but some would just be completely wiped out. Oh. All right. So they would believe that some oxen would be killed, some would just been devoured, like actually eaten. Um, Yum. Now, here's what's kind of weird. These beings can't enter homes with doors that are locked i mean they have superhuman strength but they can't break into if the sort door of like how a vampire has to be invited in well if the door is open they can go in but right if but like do- if it's locked if no. it's locked or if you've barricaded or somehow like they can't get in is there like any kind of like you know how with like fairies it's like salt or iron or like so they they definitely there was definitely a religious aspect if you had well, I don't know about the Icelandic one because they didn't mention this one. When we get to the Norse one, they, they do. But okay. um, you, the, the weird part of it was if you were aware. So if you're, you woke up one day and your oxen were dead, you were locking your doors at night, basically, that kind of thing. I think um, that's a good move, even if it wasn't a spirit. <laughs> um, but it didn't mean you were completely safe from the some physical or, or violence against you, um, physically, I should say. Because what they could do was they could enter your dreams oh. and would leave a tangible gift for you when you awoke to know that you were visited and that it was a dream, but it wasn't. So by gift, like... So when I was reading, I was trying to see, I was trying to find other stories about this. So I couldn't tell if that means a mark, like you were actually cut or something like that. But yeah, you like, like scratch. Right, you couldn't something. die. Or was it... You know, you a, a rock, a, a, a sword, yeah. or something that you had dreamt that happened with you in this um, like, dragger. I feel like if they're like after you in a negative way, by gift it probably would be something like gross, right? I, I guess, or I mean, and then again, it didn't say that would happen night after night after night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, maybe that was just their way of that. If you're going to lock, we'll, we'll mentally get to you at some point. And at That's some point you'll, you'll, you'd be afraid to maybe you don't asleep. sleep and then you don't lock the door and then we come in and we kill you or something. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a really good horror movie. <laughs> and then it seemed that they would only come at night. Okay. And they could be killed though. Oh, so again, well, and then if they weren't buried correctly, they could come back again. Exactly. So um, there are, there's this one, legend one icelandic saga i i didn't write down all the names but there's this incredible fierce battle and um the hero of the epic is uh killing um this one uh, soldier or you know other i don't know if they were the the, the lead of the head of the tribe or whatever mm-hmm. and as it's it, it's he's killed i think it's Glamis and Gretis are the two. So Glamis, I think, is the evil one. Gretis is the um, hero. But okay. Glamis is getting killed. Mm-hmm. And I think actually dies. But because of the vengeance in him, it was always evil. He was a dark spirit. He actually curses Gretis. No. And then when Glamis is buried, that curse, I don't know how he curses him, he revisits Gretis for his, you know, I don't know, in, in other battles or things like that. But at, then at some point, Gretis actually then um, kills Glamis. But I think I should read the whole saga. But I think also that the curse affected all of Gretis's f- kin and it, it went on. So maybe it was that was the case and then it goes on. I don't, but in any case, that's like the main story that people would pass on and tell to generation to generation. 
Now, how are you supposed to be buried to stop this? Horizontally. Okay, so, good start. Normal way that I guess was buried. But if a person was buried upright or in a sitting position, okay, that was that would allow them to return as this thing. That's weird. Why would you bury someone that way normally? So so that's why I keep thinking that, well, maybe at first it was if you weren't completely horizontal, the thing shifts. But then if you bury somebody in a sitting position, you're doing that on purpose and that's premeditated. And you're like, I want you to come back and (laughs) take care of whatever business you haven't taken care of. But as time went on, that story, the Icelandic version. Now, I don't know if it, it changed or evolved because the Norse Vikings were much more, they started conquering more. And, and then they ruled. So the, the whole mythology of this creature started to change and had a different name with the Norse. Okay. okay? So the same thing was that if the, stole, if the soul was restless um, when they died, and that means, again, it was something that could have been that it was in battle, not honorably, that they had been murdered, um, or they were a murderer, so again, they had that darkness in them, suicide, um, or there was a perceived unfairness in their life that they didn't get to rectify at their death, like okay. an unfinished business or some of some like sort. Like someone stole my peanut butter sandwich. Exactly. They would come back. Now, this soul believed that, or people believe that even if they had fixed that thing, they may not have moved on oh my god that sounds like me <laughs> they're just so stubborn they can't let it go well, i don't know if it's if it's a curse or they're now trapped so um now regardless of that their demeanor in life so if you were um wronged or somehow you were killed but you were whatever it is i don't know you, you weren't a violent person it didn't when you came back you were like you whatever you changed so you were definitely a violent, malicious um, entity, and you would oh, cause harm, of course, to the person or persons that had you perceived to be mm-hmm. the issue or did wrong to you. But what would end up happening is that harm, though, would also then happen to your friends and family. Whoa. So it was this curse. So Wait, for nice people, this would happen? So That's it wouldn't. So, so again, it, it's kind of um, like Pet cemetery, right? I yeah. mean, in a way, if you think about it, it's that, that kind of thing. So their name were called Gen Ganger. Okay. All right. And loosely um, translated, it means again walker or walks Ew. again. Okay. <laughs> Now they didn't. They weren't. Um, uh, they weren't ghost-like. They were like corporal, like you know, corporeal. I should say. Um, so they had physical. They were physical yeah, beings, they were like right? Full on, yeah. And here's the other thing: when they returned, they weren't. They didn't look like that. Them. They were looked differently. So, oh. so, if, so like if you know, John comes back, it, you don't know that's John. So they could live among you. Oh. Yeah. So. But aren't they black and. Oh, no, no. Oh, these ones are different. Not these guys. These guys are just other humans to anyone else. Okay. But only come out at night. Oh, my goodness. This this is sounding very vampiric. Right. So, um, you know, what, what the way they would kill, though, was they caused death through disease and plague. And this is why I was asking about, um, when the plague was okay Ah, yeah so the attacks came like i said at dead of night and usually when the victims were sleeping and what would happen was um again ganger would pinch a sleeping person and then flee the scene but when they did the victims would wake up and notice a blue mark or something on their body and that spot meant that you were marked for sickness and then death wow so Playing if you, the long game. So if you woke up with that mark, yeah. Um, You're a goner. And this type of attack, though, was considered a revenge. So this was, you know, my first and sole, or my original purpose coming back was to do this to these people. So that mark just meant that you were marked because of some wrong you had done to wow. somebody. Now, 
many confuse that these the Gan Gangers with zombies. Mm. But the creatures had Gan were intelligent and they could walk among the masses and have, you know, a pint with you, whatever it meant, whatever you wanted. And like I said, they were only out at night. So then they believed that they were more like vampires mm. because, again, they looked human. However, the similarities were, were on how you dealt with um, protecting yourself were maybe similar to some of vampires, but um, they never, like, drained you of blood. There, right. there wasn't this hunger for blood. There wasn't this, I'm going to turn you into one of us kind of things. It was nothing like that. So that's why the whole vampire, you know, Maybe they're cousins. I don't know, but they're Maybe. not. If they're um, if they're like living among humans, right? Does that mean that, like, while they're in their sort of like the second life almost, if somebody wrongs them in that life, does anything happen to them? Well, I think they're at this point where they just kill for whatever. Like, I mean, they're just killers. So, right. If you so if you newly like do wrong to them, then you they I think they'll kill just you. kill you because you. It, they are at that point where. I They're kill because I just want to kill, oh, you know, that kind of thing. It. And the way you can stop them, though, was same thing. Like, they can't, like, enter your house or whatever through walking through walls or all that stuff. Um, but if you did crucifixes, so they said if you put certain religious artifacts above your door, they they wouldn't enter your home. If you slept with a crucifix, they you couldn't get pinched, that kind of thing. So there were all these things going on. Um, now, the that part of being... Um, asked in, like you were saying about the vampire piece, it was just, again, if you locked your door, if you locked your door and you didn't have an artifact, they couldn't come in. Okay. Um, and they didn't do the dream thing. There was no conversation that this kind of happened. Um, so anyone, though, could return as, again, Ganger too. So Ooh. that meant that even if you had a life, your life was fine, everything, if you weren't buried properly... Or they oh. believed if you weren't buried properly, you could be turned and then become one of these things. And that's when it's just kill for killing's sake. Yeah. So f- many families then started to take precautions on how to bury their their dead. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, if you were a murderer or of a violent crime or suicide, they immediately did it anyway. Now, I don't know if this costs more. I don't know if this was like a way to get more money or whatever it was. Yeah, maybe. So who knows if poor the poor could do it or not. But this is what a burial consisted of. The coffin containing the, the dead person mm-hmm. had to be um, carried through uh, the gate of, into the church, like over the gate of the church, like not through, like somehow it had to go over the, the okay. rise of the church, I guess. Or, or maybe I'm not reading that right, but there's... Um, it said, oh, carried over the church wall instead of through the church's gate. So if there is a wall, you had to bring it over. That sounds so annoying. Okay. Then the coffin had to be carried three times around the church itself. Oh, my God. And then any shovel used to dig the grave had to be left at the grave site and not disturbed. Oh, my God. And then it's called a VARP, a pile of rocks and twigs, uh, should be erected on the spot where the person died. What the? Okay. And then if you added a stone to this pile, it brought good luck. And then finally, you had to write an inscription inside the coffin to prevent the spirit from becoming a Ganger. That sounds like such a waste. So, and this is what, I don't know if this is a god. So for Braginga, the brother carved runes, my dear sister, spare me. So I don't know if that's the person that you write it to some, I I don't, but you had to write those in in the inside. That is so much. So the Gien Ganger myth, legend stories grew the most during the plague because they believed that you got there was a mark when you had yeah. the plague. So it was believed that in this in the Norse area that that's how it happened. Right. And that's how you were given it. Um, and then others who died in their sleep um it was believed that oh i missed i actually forgot there's one more thing i should say um the other way that they could kill you oh no was um not the pinching part if you if you were in a crowd at night and all of a sudden something brushed and you felt like a cut or <gasps> if you got a cut on you or an abrasion it would get infected and then it would start the skin start eating itself it was ew, like, ew, ew, like ew. there's a there's a bacteria probably disease, yeah right so 
that was the other thing that they blamed on that. So oh. the reason I said that because I had this bullet point. Then the other thing was, um, and mostly the way those people died, they ended up dying of heart failure. So it's believed that the other diseases, like if people had cancer or had coronary heart disease or something that right. died in their sleep, that could have been the reason they died. But again, it was believed it was uh, um, this the being. The spirit thing, yeah. And then the, the, during the plague, there were definitely infections and bacteria and things like that that caused people to die. And again, mm -hmm. what ended up happening was the blockages came. I mean, kind of similar to what's going on right now. But um, that was all blamed on them. Now, by the late 18th century, I believe, maybe it was mid-18th century, the uh, Ganganger evolved into much more of a ghost being. They had a different name. It was, like, it, it was ghast, which meant kind of ghost. And then um, there was like a, it's not spectral, but it was close. It was like Spagalae or something <laughs> like that. That became the story of this, that now they were beings that came back as ghosts mm. and ghosts that were haunt you and then poltergeists. It's like the opposite of zombies. Right. So it was this whole thing evolved to a point of it was a superhuman dead body to a human being of, of a different, uh, not a clone, to now it's a ghost. It, there was, I think, even a middle of skeletal type thing where they were coming out kind of thing. But um, the, these stories have gone on, but they all are based on the ones that come back and that may haunt to kill you are because you either wronged them in a past life or there is a restless component to why they're not resting. But that's the story of the oh my God. Yen Ganger, our Draugr. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. That's really cool. Yeah. That's interesting how it's so connected to, like, zombies and vampires yeah. and, like, the and fae all, and, like, all these different. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. I think I'm going to go with Walk of Life. By See, what, I, the, what came up to my mind, I wrote it down in case I forgot, but Ain't No Rest for the Wicked is what came to me. Oh, for, the, for yeah. this? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do love that song. We'll yeah. see. Maybe we can come up with a different story for that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you could, you should keep that for something for yours. I just did Walk of Life because you know. I mean, it is. Yeah. So there. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. That was really good. Thanks. All right. This week, I have a bunch of North Carolina-themed fun facts for you. Mm. Uh, so number one, uh, the Venus flytrap is only found in two American states. Um, it's found other places in the world. Yeah, but, okay. Um, I, I was very confused when I first read well, this. Well, I wonder if it's... So I assume it didn't... It was brought here. Probably. Well, actually, so it's found in North Carolina and South Carolina, but it's native to Hampstead, North Carolina. Oh, so, wow, so okay. not brought here. Well, maybe then there's Completely. a kind... There's a, there are different types. Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was interesting because mm. I've always thought of it as like a faraway plant, you know? But, yeah. Uh, number two, uh, North Carolina is the largest producer of sweet potatoes in the nation. Uh, and there has even been a petition to make the sweet potato the official state vegetable. Oh, I didn't know that. So, sweet potatoes That's are interesting, pretty good. Yeah, I never thought about where sweet potatoes... Yeah, I, I always think, you know, potatoes are either Idaho or Maine. But... Um, I never thought. I always think Ireland when I think potatoes. Okay. <laughs> it's Christian's fault. Um, and then, um, but I don't know, sweet potatoes, hell yeah, they're mm -hmm. really good. I would sign that petition. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, uh, Virginia Dare was the first English child to be born on American soil, and this was in North Carolina. Oh, wow. However, she disappeared along with the entire Roanoke colony. So... She was part of that Roanoke colony, which is in North Carolina. Fair enough. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I never knew where Roanoke was. I always imagined it near like New York for some reason. Um, I don't know why. But I, I, for some reason, I thought Roanoke was in Virginia. Maybe because her name is Virginia Dare. I didn't think Roanoke was in North Carolina. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, maybe we should cover that one day because that, that's really weird, like that whole thing. I don't know if it's long enough. For a story. Disease. But, okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, that's my last fun fact, actually. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's very interesting. Also, Virginia Dare is a really cool name. It is. Um, 
So if you would like to send us your own fun facts, please submit those to our email, which is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also submit those to our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Uh, if you have story suggestions or stories you've experienced, you can submit those there as well. And if you want to possibly be featured on our episode next week, if that actually happens. We just um, need more voices because we don't get to see as many. So we That's should. true. Yeah, we like just, a bonding Everybody's mental thing. state. Yeah, so let <laughs> us know there if you want to be on and we'll... We'll you don't have a story. If you want to, we yeah. can, maybe we can just do You can a, tell your own story. If or you we can do a story and you can just give us your color. color. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can also follow us on Instagram at everything. And we can in do this with physical distancing because we have the, we can, this <laughs> yes. is not come here. You don't have and, to come here. Yeah. No. Sorry. We don't need you to see you that way. Right? Yeah. We just need your voice. Yes, exactly. Just give us yeah, your voice. Right, right. So <laughs> our Instagram is at everything in podcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. We have a Facebook group and page, both by the name of everything in between a podcast. That's where we post when new episodes come out, images, fun things like that so check us out there um we if you're listening on a platform that allows you to do so please rate review and subscribe it's very nice for us um and just helps us get out there a little bit more yeah, i mean what else have you got to do now yeah I mean, like what, yeah. what's your excuse huh right. yes. <laughs> um and then lastly uh each week we pick a song that represents our stories <laughs> for our episode titles uh, and we've compiled those songs into a Spotify playlist called The Soundtrack In Between. So check that out. Give it a listen. Uh, it's a good mix. Um, yeah, I'm torn now. Now I'm, I'm, Yours is a better, <laughs> I think yours might be better, better one for this episode. But if you want to keep it for yourself, then you should. So. I don't mind either way. We'll, right, we'll you'll, you'll find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that's it. Yeah. So no. until next week. All right. Next Bye. week. Bye.